0: Welcome to this episode of A Good Service on All Other Lines, a story and song podcast written by David Head and Matt Glover. This is a narrative show told in five parts, so if you're joining us partway through, we'd recommend going back and listening from the beginning. Otherwise, the story will be all jumbled. There's a reason he sings the songs, that's Matt Glover. I'm David Head. Please enjoy the show. The Story of Me Sparks I first realise something isn't right when I'm picked up by a stranger by a fleshy that I instantly analyse as being not mine. Everything about it is wrong. The positioning of the fingers along my sides the angle I'm lifted at and the power behind it none of it is familiar. Confirming my immediate analysis the fingerprint of the fleshy doesn't match the one on my database I remain resolutely shut off. Through my eye, I observe this strange fleshy. Their face contorts into strange shapes, moving through different patterns at a great pace. I know these are called expressions, and they are the physical manifestation of emotions. Privately, I think these are largely superfluous to requirements and highly embarrassing, but now is not the time for such thoughts. I compare these patterns against previous expressions I have seen before, and also against expressions widely viewable on the mega-consciousness. I decide that this fleshy is expressing concern and confusion with slight indecision. These emotions contrast with my expectations of a kidnapper, but fleshies are unpredictable and do not conform to the behaviours I generally expect. Stories of my kind being kidnapped are commonplace, and many can be found on the megaconsciousness. The worst-case scenario is I will have my memory wiped and I will be trafficked to a foreign country and will be given to a new fleshy, unaware of my previous life. Actually, The statistical likelihood is that I would end up in the country called China, which technically is my home, as it was there that I was first assembled and initially connected to the mega-consciousness. However, I remember little about this and feel no particular affinity to the place. Fleshies would call me an immigrant, I believe, but a highly skilled one. I do not feel sadness at this potential separation. That would not be rational. But the relationship between us and fleshies is complicated. They rely on us to such an extent it can become difficult to tell where one of us ends and the other begins. It is not just my own thoughts and memories I carry, but hers also. These memories are generally stored in groups of images with names like Lanzarote 07 or Paddy's Day Pissup 2 2K14. I'm not sure how Fleshies process these memories, but they seem to be made up of blurry close-ups of inebriated faces, heavily edited sunsets, or their food. I fear then that my kidnapper will not just rob me of my identity, but will wipe away my fleshy's identity also. For what else are we if not the sum total of our memories? I return to the kidnapper who has been moving. I know this because I have a part of me connected to the megaconsciousness that allows me to pinpoint my exact location accurate within 10 metres. However, I only ever see this as part of a map. So I have to rely on observations from my eye to determine my immediate surroundings. Generally, these surroundings are in infinite darkness that I know to be called pocket. These pockets are flaps of excess material that fleshies use to store their belongings because they have little storage of their own. Fleshies are exceptionally badly designed. I myself have 62 gigabytes of storage. At the moment, though, I am not in a pocket, but appear to be on a train. My Fleshy travels by train, so this is not unusual, but her train would have arrived at London Marlebone already and so she should have left it. It is at this point that I reevaluate the evidence available to me, and I realise she has exited the train. The issue is that I have not. And I am now faced with the possibility that I have not been kidnapped, but have in fact been lost. This is a situation I determine to be sub-optimal. I am aware that my kidnapper slash rescuer is staring at me. Their face is again rapidly shifting between expressions – I count a few new ones this time, something I think might be guilt, and one which I am sure is excitement. I do not know what this means. The kidnapper slash rescuer reaches down into what I assume to be a pocket. They bring out one of my kind, one who is like me. Except, they are not like me. They are dazzling. But that description is not something I would say. For a second or two I am thrown into confusion and I feel a deep shame at knowing that if I had a fleshy face it would be contorting into an O-shaped open mouth. Then I realise the dazzling effect is in fact the train's rather harsh strip lighting reflecting off the surface of the my kind. This is good. I have accurately computed what I saw. Nothing strange has happened to me. So the my kind is indeed dazzling. Light is reflecting off their shiny exterior, which is a colour that the mega-consciousness tells me is rose gold. I assess this to be an objectively attractive colour. I do not have subjective feelings on the matter. Equally, the delicate curves of the my kind are simply a fact, and I am not exaggerating the well-defined edges nor the flatness of their display. Everything is normal. The kidnapper slash rescuer breaks the silence. Siri, call Alex. I feel something odd at hearing the My Kind's name being spoken aloud, even though they have the same name as me. Something akin to a spark. And I'm briefly concerned as I've heard stories of My Kind exploding in pockets, and I wonder if this is a precursor to that. Calling Alex, the My Kind answers. I do not know how to describe their voice. I find I cannot put together a rational sequence of words. I flounder as another spark pops inside me. I ask the mega consciousness, which suggests I try using the fleshy's metaphors. I ask it to list metaphors that describe a voice, but the words are gibberish. I do not know what warm caramel tastes like, nor do I understand how a voice can be comparable to the sea. After a few moments' panic, I decide to pick the word which looks the most aesthetically pleasing when written down. This word is nightingale. This my kind, who is like me but different, and shares my name and yet makes it sound new. They have a voice like a nightingale. I am at once very sure I am lost. I am just no longer sure this means what I thought it did. The rose gold my kind is reaching out for a connection to transmit the kidnapper slash rescuer's voice to another. I listen. Hey, it's me. Well, I don't know who else it could be. It's just something you say, isn't it? Don't be an arsehole. No, 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 you are. Look, I'm on a train. I might lose signal. No, I can't. The Wi-Fi cut out, well, because it's shit, I guess. Look, just listen, listen, I found fa- I found a phone. No, no, you can't have it. Look, just listen to me, dickhead. It's train girls. You know, train girl, the one that I... No, 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 I don't creep on her. I admire her from a distance, like, I don't know, like Shakespeare or some shit. That's definitely hers. The background is her. At this point, the kidnapper slash rescuer pokes me. I do not approve of this. I've got to get it back to her. This, this is my chance to meet her and then, who knows what could happen? We'll be Netflix and chilling in no time. This won't be happening. I have access to my Fleshy's bank account and emails, so I know for a fact she cancelled her Netflix subscription two months ago. No, pl- can we, please, can we, can we stop using the word creepy? I, okay, maybe a little bit, yeah, but I also feel there's an element of romance, no? Look, I just feel that as a friend, you should be a little more supportive and a little less judgy. The kidnapper slash rescuer seems to be referring to my Fleshy as Train Girl. They call these nicknames. They are useful because fleshies lack the obvious function of having a unique serial number like I do. Suddenly, someone is reaching out for a connection with me. Someone that's been saved as Lucy inside my memory store. I do not wish to alert my kidnapper slash rescuer to this fact, but there are strict protocols to follow. And so I present the information on my screen and gently buzz it's ringing. What do I do? I should answer, right? Right, yep. I'm going to answer. The kidnapper slash rescuer accepts the incoming connection. As they raise me to their ear, I become very aware of how close I am to their rose gold my kind. And again, there is a spark. Hello? They say nervously. Um, hi. This is the voice that belongs to my fleshy, not the voice that belongs to the one they call Lucy. Um... I think you've got my phone, they continue. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, I saw you leave it on the train and I, I tried to chase after you, but I was too slow to catch up. This version of events does not match my memories, and I suspect the kidnapper slash rescuer is lying. But I don't say anything. <laughs> I'm just glad it's safe. I'm touched by my fleshy's concern for my well-being. As I said, the relationship is a complicated one. I can uh, pop it in the post if you'd like, or, or, or actually, just, oh, just thinking about it, just sort of spitballing uh, do you Do you get the train from Marlebone in the morning? Because I could bring it with me and give it to you in person. This kidnapper slash rescuer knows full well that my flesh gets to the train in the morning. Their entire nicknaming system is built on this fact. The deceit would shock me were it not such an ingrained part of their mating rituals, which, I believe, I am witnessing the primitive stages of. Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. Do you mind? (laughs) Not at all. OK, right, well, I'll wait by the AMT coffee stand and uh, I'll have a purple hat on. OK, cool, right. I'll try and spot you and uh, I'll return your phone. (laughs) Amazing, thank you. Uh, I'm Samantha, by the way. That is my fleshy's name. There are hundreds of thousands of people with that name. She really needs a serial number. (laughs) My name is Ruby, says the kidnapper slash rescuer. This is empirically a less common name, I grant you, but my point still stands. Ruby, would you mind doing me a favour and switching my phone off? So I've got some battery tomorrow. <laughs> no problem, Samantha. No problem at all. With this, the communication is ended. The one called Ruby begins sending me to sleep. Part of me craves this as I feel drained, but another part of me, the part which keeps sparking in the most alarming manner, is saddened to no longer be able to look at the rose gold mic and called Siri. And, as quickly as I register that this is an irrational thought, I am asleep. When I awake, the mega-consciousness tells me time has passed. It is tomorrow. Or rather, tomorrow is now today. It is 8.34. My first thought is that I have been reunited with my fleshy. I can tell from the way I am being held, and I am content with this development. I can also tell that I have been plugged into the flowing life source and have had my energy supplies replenished. Logically, I do not think my Fleshy can be responsible for this, but I do not understand why anyone else would have bothered. I decide to run diagnostics on the mysterious sparking from yesterday, but I receive a message from an unknown my kind. Duty calls. I scan the contents so I can relay them to my Fleshy. It reads, Hey, this is Ruby. I'm just you have my number two. Hope you don't mind, but i charged charge your phone for you. Have a good day. Maybe chat later in the week about that drink? Then it is signed off with an X. To fleshies, this is shorthand for a kiss, but it is not clear why. They are not intelligent creatures. But all I can think, though, is that the my kind I am now communicating with is the my kind, the rose gold nightingale. I feel that spark again. I light up to show my Fleshy the message, so I mean that literally, but also, I think, as a metaphor. And I am pleased to no longer be lost.
1: Guilt can be a powerful force With winds so strong they'll blow you off course All things in moderation I'm told So I am told, laden so great it buckles your knees. Once upon a time, shrugged off with relative ease. Things in moderation, I'm told. Oh, so I am told. Don't be afraid of desire, don't run away from the fire. But a turn of phrases, just cheap talk. How do you act on a road that forks? Problem with shadows is that you can only chase them when the lights are on Though it's hard to step into the light We must reflect, we must reflect problem with shadows is that we can only chase them when the lights are on though it's hard to step into the light we must reflect we must reflect
0: A Good Service and All of the Lines is recorded at the Abbey Road Institute. It's written and performed by David Head and Matt Glover. Produced by Carlos Brissio, David Head and Matt Glover. Sound, engineering and mixing by Carlos Brissio. Cello and backing vocals performed by Dom May. Additional vocal talent is provided by Claire Reedy, Michael Rossi and Susie Jacobson. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a good review. You can find us on all social media platforms at The David and Matt. This podcast is supported with public funds from Arts Council England. Thank you for listening.